Pitchers and catchers reported on Monday as spring training is finally underway. Are the New York Mets done adding this offseason? I'll break it all down on today's show. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you uh, amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, I'll be talking about the David Stearns press conference today and some of the comments that were made in the first segment. We'll look into if the Mets are done adding in free agency the second segment, I'll talk about the health of the roster, whether the Mets will be using a six-man rotation this season, and some more notes from Stearns. Then in the final segment, we'll discuss the position battles that David Stearns outlined uh, for spring training this year for the Mets. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers who join today will get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training for the New York Mets and David Stearns met with the media to talk about a variety of topics as he heads into his first full year running the club. And I think the question that was on everybody's mind is, are the Mets done adding? Right? And that's what we'll start off the show today. So Stearns was pretty clear about this. And I think his messaging has been the same and has been very consistent throughout the entire offseason. that he now has the opportunity with the Mets to evaluate everything. And I don't think there's a day that goes by where Stern says, yeah, we're good. Let's stop looking into things. He has you know, expressed time and again, as he did in this press conference, that with this Mets job compared to his Brewers job, he does have the ability to do anything to, evaluate any potential transaction and make the decision on if it's worth it for the franchise. But it's not just, hey, go out and spend money and focusing on the short term. It's about the long-term implications. So while on the surface you could say, well, what's the harm in signing J.D. Martinez? For Stearns and his perspective, it would be, well, we have Mark Vientos. And what does that mean for Mark? And the fact that he could fill a position of need for six years at a fraction of the cost. And if you never get him opportunity to play, you won't know what you have in that player who could be far more valuable to this franchise than J.D. Martinez would be on a you know, potential one- to two-year deal. And I think that's also the other side that we'll get into in a minute here. So when it comes to adding players, this is what he actually said. So he goes, there's always temptation to get better. There's always temptation when there's good players available to see how they fit on your roster. There's no perfect answer. When you add an established player, it's just by nature going to take away from your younger players. We have to walk that balance. So, again, it really does come down to Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos and and the belief that this franchise still has in those players. It also comes down to cost. And if it was a one-year deal for J.D. Martinez, as I broke down on a podcast, I believe that was last week, I think that the conversation changes. 
But if Martinez is still looking for a multi-year deal and it's something that is going to impact you longer term than just 2024, that makes it a much tougher signing or transaction to make because as we've seen this offseason, the pattern for Stearns in this Mets front office right now is just adding guys for this year so that they can evaluate things. And and as Stearns mentioned um, in the press conference today, he thinks that it takes a full year, a full baseball cycle, as he's described it, to understand what you have in your franchise and to be really comfortable knowing everything about the franchise the way he has to to run the show. So a one-year deal is very attractive. Anything beyond that, I think, is where uh, you really question it. And he was asked about the prices dropping um, and if they could drop to a point where the Mets would make a move. And he said, I don't think that is out of the question. You are always evaluating opportunity. We're always trying to evaluate the risk-reward and the trade-offs. So I don't think that that is out of the question. Now, I do think that this offseason and the way the pace has moved does favor the Mets in this instance, particularly at DH. Because you look at the market. J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, those are the two big names out there. But beyond that, you have Brandon Belt and Joey Votto. You have Eddie Rosario and Tommy Pham. I've spoken about all these guys in, in past shows. Even Eduardo Escobar's out there, which you can sign him on a minor league deal potentially. They just signed Ben Gamble today to a minor league deal with an invite to um, spring training. I'll talk about non-roster invites tomorrow, so I'm going to sort of save Gamble for tomorrow's show. But the point is, there's still a crowded free agent market. So at this stage, the Mets can go into camp and see what they got for a little bit before making that decision. And also, the longer they wait, the longer these guys are out there, you know, the more J.D. Martinez sits there without a job, the lower that price tag will go, and potentially the years, I think, that the big question. One of the comments that was made was about the budget that the Mets have, if there is one. And David Stearns made it clear that there is no set budget. So if you've been monitoring Steve Cohen so far, he doesn't really put a budget on spending for his team. It's more about if the opportunity cost is worth it to the Mets in the short term and the long term. And if it is, by all means, the Mets will make a signing. So I don't know if they really are beholden to some $10 million budget. That report that Andy Martino has been sticking to It didn't always make sense. It might prove to be right with where the Mets are going to spend. And I do think they're not spending frivolously to spend. I mean, I think David Stearns is in a position where he is trying to do his job well and doing his job well is not just about, you know, putting, you know, wins in that win column for the Mets. It's also about running the business of the Mets. And, you know, if you look at the opportunity cost of signing Hector Norris or doing what they ended up, you know, going with, with Adam Adovino, Shintaro Fujinami, and Jake Diekman, that was a much better use of resources than spending a huge chunk on one player coming off a great year. Because with the relief market, sometimes you're signing guys based on what they just did and not what they're about to do, and that might not be the best way to spend the money, especially when it's taxed at 110% rate. So I don't necessarily think the Mets are completely... Um, you know, put off by spending any more this offseason. I, I don't believe that they're in a position right now on February 13th to say, we're completely done. This is our team. We have blinders on the market, and we're just going to run with what we have. But I do believe they are opening up camp, and, and a lot of players have already reported, and the, the camp will officially open in its full capacity next week, and the games are going to start you know, not too long after that. And this is a time to evaluate what's in-house, And while all of that's going on, 
I'm sure David Stearns will be checking in with all the agents of these players that are still out there. And there is probably a range where the conversations would get a lot more intense. And if all those circumstances ended up you know, going into the Mets' favor, where they could sign a guy like J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal with an option like I described in that full episode, um, you know, one-year deal with a mutual option for year two, maybe they still do jump on that player. But what I have gotten the sense from every time Stearns has talked, whether it's to the media um, in this type of a setting or on the Foul Territory podcast where he did an appearance, he likes his team right now. You know, he, he has mentioned multiple times how the current players in the Mets, whenever he spoke with them as he was getting to know the roster this offseason, they were all trying to convince him how good they are. That last season was a fluke. And in camp, I think the Mets are not going in saying, okay, well, we'll try to sneak into a wild card. I think they're somewhere to go out and compete this year. Whether they actually could compete with the Braves or not, that's a different conversation. I'm certainly not expecting it. But don't tell Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, you know, Kodai Senga, Edwin Diaz on, you know, again, February 13th with zero games played this year that they have no shot to win the NL East. This is a team that does have a lot of talent still, and they don't have to make any more additions to go on a run this year. But I also would not completely shut out that possibility. So at this juncture, if I had to put my money on it, do the Mets make another major league signing this offseason? I probably skew towards no. But this free agent landscape is really tricky. And the longer these guys sit out there, the more the Mets might reconsider. And also, let's just say as much as Starling Marte looks great, and we'll talk about that in the next segment a little bit here, um, if he pulls a hammy in the first workout and it's a bad you know, pull and he's going to be out for the first month of the season, you never know what the Mets might say. You know, let's just bring back Tommy Pham. Let's go out and sign Adam Duvall. And they end up jumping on the market because an injury, you know, necessitates a move. That's where this free agent market is kind of crazy because there's so much talent still out there. There's so many just players that are looking for jobs that I actually think this is a market that's going to start moving when things happen in spring training because things always pop up. And that's where we're going to see some guys get deals. So it's an interesting time for sure in baseball because it has been so quiet. And there's still so many guys out there that can really impact winning, but teams are opening up camps. So it's just a, a weird dichotomy. there, looking at each side of things and, and how things have moved up to this point. But uh, David Stern said a lot today, and I want to get into some of the other comments he made looking at the injury updates on some of the Mets players, or at least I should say the health updates on some of the Mets players. Uh, as well as the Pete Alonzo contract situation, so much more. We'll get to those comments in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience are what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. That's why eBay Motors is there to give you everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks to exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors got, has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your car or truck. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay's guarantee fit is only available to U.S. customers. As the New York Mets open up camp, one of the questions that David Stearns was asked today is about the health of the roster. Who is out right now? Is there any other injuries that have been reported as people have been showing up to camp? And there really isn't much there uh, of note. We obviously know that Ronnie Mauricio and David Peterson both had off-season surgeries. For Mauricio, it was the torn ACL. For Peterson, cleaning up a hip injury he's had. And so those guys are both rehabbing for Ronnie. He's far away. If he gets back this year, it would be a surprise. I mean, there's a chance, but the road is so long for him that I wouldn't worry about it too much right now. David Peterson, that was an interesting note. So what Stern said is he is on schedule, and they are expecting that he will make a return this summer and have an impact on this team. And really, he said, be a force down the stretch. He said, maybe even early in the summer. So that is a really nice sign, You know, kind of building off of that. He spoke about the Mets going to a six-man rotation at times. That's not just to accommodate Kodai Sango. That is how the question you know, came up. Was you know how are the Mets going to manage Kodai Sango's workload? And he talked about the off days in April, sort of helping that. And he also mentioned that there's arms on the roster with options, which gives the Mets some flexibility there. So that, of course, led me to look through the starter depth and say, all right, who's got options? Tyler McGill still has two options. So as much as we could talk about that addition of a splitter. There's every chance, as much as I thought that McGill would break camp on opening day, with the extra days off in April, he might be a guy that you want to keep stretched out, which would lead him being parked in Syracuse potentially. That's, of course, depending on how he pitches in spring. If he's awesome, and let's say Adrian Hauser is not, or something else happens, somebody goes down, of course. I mean, there's no guarantee that Kodai Senga, Luis Severino, Shamanai, and Jose Quintana are all going to make it through camp unscathed. That would be honestly impressive if they did just by nature of how spring training usually works. So there's a good chance that he's going to end up on the team anyway, but looking through that, taking that comment from Stearns and then looking through the options, McGill does have the most options. So there is a chance that he spends some time in Syracuse this year. Joey Lucchese has an option. I was surprised to learn that Jose Budo only had one option. I don't know if that's just because he's been on the 40 for a pretty long amount of time. I would have expected more, but according to Fangraphs, just one option for him. And David Peterson has an option, although he'll begin the year on the IL, so they'll have to use that option for a while if they even do use it this season. But those are the guys with the optionality. Adrian Hauser does not have options. So right now, assuming that, again, you get through camp with a healthy Sanga, Severino, Manaya, Quintana, I think Adrian Hauser is probably the front runner at this juncture to be the fifth starter in this rotation. Other health note, Starling Marte. David Stearns went to the Dominican Winter League to see Starling Marte, among other things, um, this offseason. And he said, quote, it was clear watching him play that he was healthy. The game I was at, he had to handle a number of balls down the right field line, and he got there easily. It looked like Starling Marte moving in the outfield, so that was really encouraging. Of course, that's encouraging because it did not look like Starling Marte in the outfield last year for the Mets. So if he is truly healthy, as we have spoken about throughout this offseason, that's a big, big boost to this Mets lineup. 
Starling Marte, whether he's in right field or getting some time at DH to, you know, go through that rotation that the Mets might have at that position, his bat, if he is back to himself and that groin is not limiting him and he's able to hit in the high 200s, if not even, you know, get close to 300, a guy that has been able to do that in his career, I think it just changes this lineup in so many ways. Whether the Mets do bat him second again or if he bats lower down on the lineup, he really can be a force for the Mets if he's right. He's getting paid a lot of money. And also, if he is able to reclaim some value, not that the Mets are desperately looking to move off the salary, but if he can reclaim his value and he's next year going into a walk year, it does give you a little bit more optionality to potentially move him if if you wanted to, if something else popped up where you added an outfielder in free agency and some of your young players need time. It just gives you so much more that you can do. But overall, you just want to get something out of that investment. And the Mets certainly got a lot out of it in, in 2022. And he was a bad player last year because of the injury. So getting a healthy Starling Marte is pretty big. And also, you know, I, I already touched on it, but that note on Peterson to me, that, that's pretty interesting too. The early summer diagnosis there, uh, we'll see if that happens. But David Peterson, for my money, would be at least the fifth best starter in this rotation of healthy right now. I, I'd take David Peterson over Adrian Hauser and Tyler McGill. And look, last year I was bold enough, and you could call it stupid enough, to say that David Peterson could be a three starter in the big leagues because I believe in what I saw in 2022. While he really made me question my take, and last year was a tough one for me, just watching him struggle so bad. He had his moments down the stretch. We then learned about this ailing hip. I'm still optimistic that there is a, a good starting pitcher there in David Peterson who can be part of this rotation for the next couple of years. So I do think that is some very good depth that the Mets have. Really, as much as I'm concerned about the frontline depth in this rotation, the overall depth, I think they have a lot of options because it's not even getting into the guys that were invited uh, to spring training and Mike Vassell and Christian Scott, which again, I'm going to do a full episode tomorrow breaking down all of the non-roster camp invites um, just so you can get to know them. And those are two that probably aren't going to make the opening day roster, but I would say have a better than 50% chance for sure to make a cameo at some point this season and potentially be bigger pieces than we think right now because they're getting close. So I, I do like where the rotation sits. With all that said, position battles are always a hot button topic this time of year. What spots are up for grab? Who has a chance to earn a job in camp? What's available to be earned? Because a lot of these spots are going to go to players who have guaranteed MLB contracts that sort of necessitate that they are going to have roles come opening day. So I will discuss position battles next. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. It's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And also, we got MLB futures coming up here. The season it will be under the way in no time. This is where you can look into the award races if you want to bet on a Met maybe to win the MVP. Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, the two I'd probably be looking at. If you want to bet on Kodai Senga to win the Cy Young. Maybe you have some 
outside hopeful that will be a rookie of the year for the Mets. I don't really know who I would go for on that note. Maybe Luis and Helicuna. Uh, we'll see, but all of that is available at FanDuel. And again, remember, you place a $5 bet. If it wins, you get $150 in bonus bets. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Before we get into position battles, there was a note I forgot to mention in the last segment. It's honestly because it really is a non-story, but it certainly got a lot of coverage after David Stern's comments, and that's Pete Alonso's contract situation. It's what we expected. He affirmed everything that we've been talking about, how when you have a player of Alonso's caliber who's already in their last year before free agency that just happens to be represented by Scott Boris, that player is likely to go to free agency but it's in the best interest of both Alonzo and the Mets to have a great year together. And then they can always broach a contract next off season. So we don't have to spend any more time on that. Pete's going to play out this year and it'll be a huge topic of discussion a year from now, but let's wait until then to really worry about that topic. I don't think it means that there's any less of a chance that he's going to be with this organization, that they're not going to potentially talk contract extension. I just think that that's where you're at at this stage of his career with what he wants to make and where the Mets are trying to evaluate so much on their roster just doesn't make sense right now. So let's move to the position battles that are going to take place. Stearns was directly asked this. What position battles do you see um, that can be had this spring? He said a couple of spots at the end of the bullpen. Obviously that makes sense. Every team in baseball has that going to spring training. I think there's, Pretty much not a single team that will go into camp and say, we got our seven or eight set in stone. No one's got a chance to win a job here. So that one was obvious. But then he said DH and the last spot on the bench. And originally, he avoided mentioning anything about third base. Then when pressed about that, saying, does this mean Brett Beatty has the job? He, of course, backpedaled on a little bit, said, you know, we certainly expect a lot out of Brett, but there's also Joey Wendell on the roster, and we think Mark Vientos can play third base, and Zach Short has played the position well in the past, and mentioned these other names, but I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. Yes, there's going to be spots in that bullpen up for grabs. Yes, the Mets have to figure out who's the DH, and Mark Vientos, while he's the front runner, there's DJ Stewart in camp. There's other guys who might hit well. There's Starling Marte. If, let's just say, Harrison Bader and Tyrone Taylor have a great camp, you could go with that outfield that's really great defensively with Brandon Nimmo out there and those two guys, and Starling Marte can be your DH. So there are a lot of different ways the Mets can go about that spot, and that also filters into who's going to grab that last spot on the bench. Right now, assuming Vientos makes the team, which is not necessarily set in stone, but unless they sign somebody, I'd imagine it's pretty, pretty rock solid there. It's going to be Vientos, Omar Narvaez, their locks. Joey Wendell's a lock. Beyond that, Tyrone Taylor's a lock. DJ Stewart, I think, is the big question mark because he has an option. Zach Short's going to be competing with him. Um, You have the non-roster invites that we'll talk about tomorrow who could compete with him. So there's always that question. Uh, But, again, the fact that Stearns was asked and Brett Beatty's position at third base was not put in question immediately. It was now in the forefront of his mind. 
yes, of course, he ended up giving the the right answer to say that this kid coming off a horrible year does not just have the job and he has to earn it in camp. But I think in his head, it's Brett Beatty's job, as it should be. You can go back to last Friday's show where I discussed the trios of former top prospects and Alvarez, Beatty, and Mark Vientos and compared them to the next wave coming in Luis and Helicuna, Jet Williams, and um, Drew Gilbert. And I spent a lot of time on that show you know, going through Brett Beatty's trajectory as a prospect. When you have a guy that is as highly regarded as Brett Beatty was, you do not give up on him after one year. You just don't. Especially at a position like third base without other real options available in the minor leagues right now that you know have a lot of hope to be your third baseman of the future. Sure, maybe Luis and Helicuna can move to that position. Maybe Ryan Mauricio can move to that position. But guys that came up as third baseman, it's the two that are on the roster right now, and I don't think that there's a lot of clarity as to if Mark Vientos can handle that defensively, although he has tried to improve, and maybe he surprises us. But Brett Beatty is the guy at third base, and I'm excited to see what he looks like. I'm looking forward to seeing him in game action. If he has been able to shake off that awful year and bounce back in a massive way because a lot rides on it. So it's going to be fun to, to see what the young guys can do. And getting back to the title of today's episode in the first segment, if in camp Brett Beatty looks awful and he still looks mentally shot and there's real questions and Matt Chapman is still out there, I wouldn't, envision this happening but again it's a possibility all of a sudden maybe the Mets throw a crazy one-year deal at Chapman and say whatever we can't have Beatty at third base I just don't expect that to happen but same thing goes at DH if Mark Vientos and his first 15 spring of bats is over you know 15 or you know, whatever over 13 with two walks and 10 strikeouts and just looks awful who knows it might motivate the Mets to make a different move but for now, the kids are going to get a shot here. And when you think about the long-term direction of this franchise, that's probably the right move. That's why David Starge is going that direction. And we'll see if if that that faith is proven um, to be well-placed. But again, we, we've discussed this enough. So uh, we'll, we'll move on to other topics as spring training continues here. And tomorrow, that means breaking down every single non-roster invite a lot of names to discuss. I'll tell you the most important ones to be looking at who could actually make this team as a non-roster invite. So make sure if you want to listen to that show, uh, follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 8,000 subs by opening day. So I need all of you to hit that subscribe. appreciate all of you who have. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, uh, you can do so at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen or your first watch every day. Now for your second watch, head over to the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube covering everything in the world of sports. Of course, I'm talking about Locked On Sports today with our local experts for each team and our league-wide experts for each league. Find Locked On Sports today streaming 24-7 on YouTube.